Welcome to No Heart Left Behind's Hope in the Heart of Family Life podcast. I'm your host and executive director of No Heart Left Behind, Alicia Stickles. If we're honest, family life can be hard. Family can be our greatest blessing, but also the source of our deepest wounds. At No Heart Left Behind, we have a passion to empower families to thrive with the Word of God and the love of Christ. So each week, we're going to have real conversations about hard issues facing families today. It is our hope that you would be equipped with practical tools based on biblical principles for when life happens and relationships get messy. In other words, how do we flesh out all those Bible verses we know when life isn't looking like we had hoped? If you're in a season of family life that feels hopeless or you have a heart to navigate the challenges of family well, but just don't know how, you're in the right spot. So whether you are driving in your car or checking off one of your honeydews, pop in those earbuds and come find hope in the heart of family life with us. Welcome friends to season two finale. Cannot believe. Of hope in the heart of family life. Um, I am here with um, lead belief therapist, founder, Abby Shields, and we are wrapping up season two of Hope in the Heart of Family Life. Can you believe that? I cannot. I can. I can't believe it. I'm. I just can't believe it. Right. That's all I'm going to say. I have. Uh, I've really enjoyed doing this with you and just the different conversations that um, we've been able to have with all of our guests this season. I mean, we have just had some really great discussion about. Family and, and just hard, hard things hard of family things. because I mean, man, navigating some of these things like you know teens and technology and sex and intimacy and um, <laughs> infidelity and marriage. I mean, these are like they're hard things, but they're real things that need to be talked about. Um, so it's just been a privilege um, to have been able to talk about all of these things with. You know, you and the different people that we've had on um, on the podcast this season. So um, we last week, we are kind of in this like holiday 911. We want people to enjoy the holidays and, you know, family can be tough during the holidays. And so we kind of wanted to wrap up season two with an emphasis on hope in the heart of the holidays. holidays. Yes. Um, and so we talked last week just about dealing with hard relationships and we talked about dealing with grief during the holidays and that was a pretty intense conversation. Um, I you, cried. You cried, which is, again, not shocking. <laughs> um, but for this last one... Wanted to kind of talk about managing the pressures and the expectations of the holidays because to me, I think that is the thing that can make the holidays you can make or break it, it, it really can. It mm-hmm. can, it is definitely something where it just can steal your joy. Right. And, and I hate to hear people being so stressed out during a right. season of time that should be joyful and relaxed and celebratory and. But right. I hear grumpy people, people just wanting to survive. Yeah, right. I hate that too. I know it really. I don't like feeling like that for sure. Um, you and I wrote this poem a oh, long time ago. At least, at least thirty years ago. Thirty? Yeah, you. Were, I wasn't ten. You, you were twelve. 
I don't think I was 12. Oh, okay. All I right. don't know. It was a long time ago. It was ago. a long time ago. Anyway, um, but I think it, it's a good kickoff to, mm. you know, what we're um, what we're going to be talking about today. So, um, it's kind of, it's to the, twas the night before Christmas. Right. All right, so here we go. Twas the night before Christmas, I'm still at the mall, frantically shopping for mom, dad, and Paul. All creatures were stirring, the mouse was awake, for Abby was up with cookies to bake. The stockings aren't hung. My in-laws are near. I must clean my house before they appear. The kids are in bed. They're doing their best. There's only one problem. Their rooms are a mess. With I in my kerchief and dad in his cap, we wished how we longed for a wee little nap. (laughs) When out on the lawn, there arose this slight matter. The neighbors were fighting over ruined cookie batter. Away to the door, I flew like a flash to tell my dear neighbors that this too shall pass. Last minute waiting causes lots of distress. Why do we do it? My nerves are a mess. Oh, Christmas, how merry. Where's the holiday cheer? I must remember the meaning of Christmas this year. I, I love that. I, I mean, that that's a classic. I pray that that goes down in infamy with our family and gets passed from generation to generation. Yeah. Because that is so true. That's what happens. We focus on the wrong things, yes. I think. Yeah. Anyway. So let me ask you this. Um, when it come when it comes to the holidays, what stresses you out? What are those things that can cause you to maybe like lose perspective or the number one thing is what am I gonna buy for the grandkids or what what Christmas gifts? What's the perfect gift that I need to you get you do my stress daughter. out I about do. that <laughs> I, I, you know like I started asking my family weeks ago what do you want for Christmas so that I can get ahead of it um but and that stresses me out because I'm not even thinking about Christmas <laughs> right now yeah I, I think that's the biggest thing because I don't I don't decorate my house much anymore it's not and because we my husband and I don't entertain much during the holidays and so it's um I don't know. It's just something that I've downsized on. So I, I think still the stress of anything would be, what am I gonna? What presents am I gonna mm-hmm. buy? And then how much money do I have to be able to buy said presents? <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah, I. Uh, um, and this is no knock on my kids' school, but like <laughs> keeping all of the Christmas spirit days programs parties. Um, straight for my kids. The last week of Christmas, or the last week before Christmas break, I should say, that is like just hell to me. (laughs) If I could just say that, because I've got three boys and this one needs a green shirt for this program. And I signed up for water for this thing this party and uh, this party's on this day and oh my gosh and like the christmas program i just yeah. can't keep it all straight like at <laughs> all so they're outside of that like once they get out of school i'm like <sighs> okay <laughs> i can breathe and that's gonna be a problem for me this year because like school gets out pretty close to christmas so i've got to figure out a way to navigate through that this year but that is what stresses me out. It's and then just in the extra. midst of that, you have your son's birthday. Oh yes, and, and I have my son's birthday right, right and, around then. And so trying to have a party or do whatever. Yeah, it is but he that's wants to do. that's my joy. That's not stressful. Yeah, so okay. anyway, <laughs> so 
you know, what would you say is, because it's all about like the pressures and expectations of the holidays, right? Like what, um, what do you think is important? You know, we talk about this new perspective that kind of puts the Mary back in the Christmas. So what, what does that perspective look like for you? That's a great question. Uh, there's numerous things, but I think um, my perspective changed after I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior because I began to see the real meaning of Christmas. Because up till then, I mean, I grew up in a family where we had more presents under the tree than any child should have had. And so I always, you know, when you're little, uh, your perspective is you have the big tree and even if you have 10 presents under the tree and it, it still looked like a lot from a child's perspective but that was that was how I regulated uh, whether it was a good Christmas or not was how many presents there were under the tree etc because possessions and all of that I grew up with that yeah so for me um, I think it, my perspective began to change and I began to understand the real meaning of, of Christmas and that it's all about celebrating the birth of Christ. Never did we um, talk about the birthday of Jesus in my family growing up. It was all just about presents and money and possessions, etc. So um, I, I guess because of that, then I began to have the attitude of and, and ask myself, because I got caught up in the cookies and the decorating and all of that. And and the pressure was horrendous. Yeah. And um, finally decided to ask myself this question, which is, what is the worst thing that will happen if I don't get my cookies made or the Christmas cards sent out? Um, and I found out that I was living Christmas for what other people thought of me rather than doing it to celebrate the birth of Christ. And that's that's the one thing, the, one of the biggest things that changed my perspective. There are other ones, but yeah. I think that that's... Because a lot of times, right, is like the answer to that question for most of the things, I mean, not all, but most of the things is nothing bad is going to happen. Right. So I don't get the cookies made or whatever. Um, I found, you know, when I, when I feel that pressure of the holidays mounting, um, I think I go back to just asking myself, okay, if this is a season of joy and of celebration, um, then I, I want to do things that bring me joy. And so if I find that I am committing myself to stuff or trying to accomplish things that don't bring me joy, then I'm I'm just simply not going to do them. Right. Like you won't I mean, sometimes like I um I like making cookies. I love doing that with my kids. Um that's pretty much become a tradition. It's become a tradition. And yeah. I love that. And they're ugly and they're awful most of the time. <laughs> it looks like, you know, the snowman got massacred by like a snowmobile. But like... Nailed it. It's just... It's the joy of being with <sighs> my kids and doing something like that and creating that tradition and that memory for them. I hate, hate taking family Christmas photos. Like it is stressful. Um, 
I don't like doing it because it's just one more thing during the holidays that we have to do. So guess what? If you're getting a Christmas card from the Stickles that, you know, it's either going to be pictures from the year or it's going to be because I wanted to go take the pictures, which more often than not doesn't happen because I don't think far enough ahead of time. So those don't happen. And that is okay. okay right. Um, So I kind of filter my activity outside of spirit week at school um, <laughs> through that filter of like, does this activity bring me joy? Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, then I don't do it. Cross it off your list. Cross it off your list because mm-hmm. it's all about managing those pressures and expectations. And I think, um, which again, brings us to the the next thing, and you kind of mentioned this, is just keeping the main thing, the, the main, main thing. thing. Like I said, like this, this is like our Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we are celebrating the birth of our Savior. And we're going to talk about some, you know, some things to reflect on as we navigate the Advent season. But, you know, I think sometimes we say that phrase so much of like, you know, Jesus is the reason. Yes, for the season. And that is so true. But because we say it so much, like, are we actually doing that? That remembering what exactly... um, we are celebrating. I have found that, and strangely, I only started doing this a couple of years ago, of doing some kind of Advent, either study or just Advent time where I am reflecting on the birth of of Christ has just made my holiday season so much richer I don't know if that's good grammar or not. More rich. I'm not sure. Um, And helped me keep that perspective and in turn helps me manage the pressures and expectations of the world, of the world and of, you know, everything that the world has made this holiday to be is. And I just have so much more joy and peace in it. Right. You wrote an article several years ago about um, the the scripture. I'm it's skipping my mind which one it is. I think it's in Matthew about um, talking about the names of Jesus, uh, that Emmanuel, uh, as one of them. And Emmanuel means what? That God came come came down. Yes. And that is so. That really opened my eyes. I love that article that you wrote because you basically were talking about when God came down, love came down. Yes. And um, that's that's one of the things that I think is important to remember during the holidays is that it's about God coming down to care, teach us to care for the cast those that have been cast aside to just show um, us what show what it. love looks like yeah exactly. love has a face now yeah, yes and i think so the the scripture that you're talking about um which i'm sure many of our listeners have heard before is matthew 123 that behold the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name emmanuel which means god with us and i think sometimes we lose the magnitude of, of that. that. Like that, okay, so what does that mean actually? All right. First, it means that 
God can now be known. Like God has a face. Um, there is this great, um, great, I guess, quote or just something. I think it's by um, Dr. Charles Swindoll that said this. And man, it knocked me over the first time I heard it. And he said this, Christmas is an invitation to slow down and think deeper. I invite you to touch the infant skin of the God man with your imagination. Meaning, thinking about this moment where the divine, the supernatural takes on natural form. Like no other time in history has this happened. And what we're celebrating during this time is that God came to us. We didn't have to go to him. We didn't have to go to him. That he didn't leave us in our mess, um, you know, in our broken state to figure things out and make ourselves right and acceptable. He came to us. And that shows a heart of a God who whose love is just beyond measure. And it's not based on what we can do for him. It's his love for us that caused him to come down and come near to us. Um, there is another quote in Max Lucado's And the Angels Were Silent, The Final Week of Jesus, that said this, The journey to the cross began long before, as the echo of the crunching of the fruit, meaning the apple, in the, in the garden was still sounding in the garden Jesus was leaving for Calvary yeah. I mean that gives me goosebumps yes yeah. like as soon as that perfect connection was broken God already had a plan to reconcile us and it started with the baby with the, the baby and that is what we are celebrating that God can be known, that he doesn't leave us in our mess, um, and that when he draws near to us, he brings good news. He doesn't bring condemnation. He doesn't bring shame. He doesn't bring, oh, well, you got to fix yourself and, you know, get yourself together in order to be um, acceptable. So, you know, it, he brings this, the gospel message um, that just basically says that there is a God in heaven who loves you and wants relationship with you. And even though, you know, at one point or another, all of us have walked away from him, um, you know, that, that's, that's when sin entered the world and that sin separates us. But all along... God had this plan to reconcile us to him, that he was going to send a rescuer in the form of a baby who would later die on a cross to pay that penalty so that we could be reconciled. And all he asks is to believe. To believe it. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah. It's it's so unlike... God, over the years, as I've grown in my understanding of Christ and the purpose of it all, you know, it's to... He had that plan to bring us back. It says in 1 Peter 3.18 that Christ died for the righteous and the unrighteous to bring us back to the ultimate source, to where what we were disconnected from in the beginning. And, and, and that gives me, I think, one of the things that I 
look at or believe that Christmas is about is hope, is that I have a hope that is a living hope, that not an I know so, or it's an I know so kind of hope, not a I hope Santa Claus is going to be good to me kind of hope. Mm -hmm. And that's such an important thing to have. I find that so many people that come into my office, they feel hopeless. That's why I love pointing them to Jesus, uh, and and especially during this time. Yeah. So as kind of we come to the end of the the season, um, what, and we've talked about this a little bit, but what truths or mindsets do you feel are important to hold tightly to in order to manage the stress of the expectations? Like, how do we stay in that mindset? Like, what does that look like for you to keep the main thing, the main thing? The main thing, the main thing to know is that I am a spirit being. I am not a human being. And God desires me to live out of the life that he has placed in me through Christ and his death on the cross. Um, I I think that's one of the the biggest things. I am constantly um, being reminded of his love and... um, Golly, that's that's such a great question. I, I... Like I like for me and I kind of talked about this a little bit already or mostly is just one thing that, you know, you always tell me that um, what you look at is what you're going to focus on. Right. And so if I want the focus of this holiday season um, to be christ and the birth of our savior then i've got to look at that so like i said i I cannot tell you what a huge change it was for me that when i carved out time to spend with the lord to to focus on the christmas message and really think deeper about what christmas means it it helps me keep that mindset through the holiday season when you have all of these distractions and tasks. It doesn't mean you don't do them, but you do them with the peace of the gospel and the and the main thing in your heart. Right. Um, and it's not because I have to or because I'm like religious and you know want to be super spiritual. It's because of like his love. It, I find joy there. when I am focused on him. So managing for me, managing the stress and the expectations of the holidays, that is how I manage it is, is doing that. So the encouragement is finding, finding that thing or that practice or that whatever you fill in the blank that keeps you focused on Christ. I think uh, one of the things that I've learned to do is to, focus or look at what is possible, not what is perfect, because there's only one perfect uh, man. And so I am never going to do things perfect um, because there's only one perfect man and they hung him on the cross. But if I look at what is possible, what can I do? What am I not going to be able to do this year? That really has helped me. Um, and another thing that I have learned to do um, is not compare myself. Yes. Oh my gosh. There is so much comparison. Uh-huh. It's almost like competition. We compare and compete, uh, who has the, 
the best. For me, it was, I always lost when it came to my cookies. I am a horrible baker. But, but, <laughs> well, she's passed on to her grandchildren. <laughs> but but it's so much fun to, I, I come over to Alicia's house. I come to, you know, I come to your house and um, we have flour everywhere yeah. and we have, you know, we eat half the cookie dough before we even <laughs> bake it. And those are memories and things that, that yeah, I love your your description of your cookies because it's true. Yeah, you know, but just like letting go of those expectations and just enjoying the enjoying, people. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that brings us back to where we started yeah. this season. You know, we started season two talking about um, intentionality, intentionality, and not missing our people. For uh, Like it was in the context of not missing our people for our purpose. But in this case, as we wrap up, it's that we c- we're coming back to that same word of intentionality that we are not missing our people for all of the things that we have to do that we think we have to do because right. we really don't have to do them. No. Um, you know, that we're, we're more concerned with the success or the outcome or the perfection instead of the intentionality with our people. Um, and yeah. that's really what matters during the season. Absolutely. Um, Doing things out of wanting and love. You know, I always try to teach my clients that there are four modes of operandum that we come from, and two are the worlds and two are gods. And the two that are the worlds um, are uh, need and then should, or Mm -hmm. derivatives of should. I must, I have to. And if you're operating during the Christmas season out of, I need to do this, I need to do that, then that is going to increase your stress, or I should do this, or I should do that. Um, And you should yourself to death. Um, You're not going to find the word need or should in Scripture. It is not there, okay? Because God doesn't tell us that you need to do this. That's the world. That's religion telling us we need need to do those things. Where God wants us to operate out of, especially during the Christmas season, is wanting to and loving to. I want to do this. And then all those other things that we've talked about, not comparing myself. I want to do this not because I want it to be perfect, but because, because there is no such thing. And but that but what is possible? Yeah. And um, for me, that's that's what has helped me so much. Yeah. Um, to just enjoy it. Right. To, and to know that Christ, God came down. Yeah. That, that's a biggie for me. Yeah. Like he has a face now that just. And there's again. no performance expectations. Yeah. None whatsoever. Absolutely. Other than, you know, believe. Yep. As we wrap up here, I just want to say just praying blessing and joy and peace over our listeners Um, as we wrap up season two. We are excited. We have a lot of great stuff coming up in season three. A lot of great topics um, we'll be talking about. um, I know one that we'll be talking about is addressing shame. really big topic. Yes, very big topic mm-hmm. um to dive into but so needed because there's just a root 
um, of a lot of issues is shame. And so tackling that. Um, But in the off time, we just hope that you'll catch up on any Hope in the Heart of Family Life episodes that you've missed and that they would be um, a timely message that would um, serve your family well. And we are just so thankful um, and blessed by all of our listeners and the feedback that we've gotten um, just about how um, lives have been changed. Lives have been changed because that's why we do this. This is why we do this. Yeah. This is why we do this as a ministry. Um, this is why we do this. Uh, that's why we started this podcast. And so we just want to leave you guys with um, letting you know that we are here for you. We have our counseling services, uh, different mentorship and discipleship opportunities and you can find all of the all of that on our website at noheartleftbehind.com and and know this um we are praying for you uh, but most of all we love you yes because christ came love came down and may we then share that love with you absolutely Thank you so much for joining us on No Heart Left Behind's Hope in the Heart of Family Life podcast. We hope you felt seen, encouraged, and just a little more equipped to love your family well. If you want to learn more about No Heart Left Behind, be sure to check out our website, www.noheartleftbehind.com, or visit the link in the show notes. If you love the podcast, we would love it if you would follow us on your favorite podcast player. And if you love this episode, please share it with a friend. Your encouragement is not just for our egos. It really helps others find the show and encourages them to check it out. Mother Teresa said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. So until we see you again next week, go home and be a world changer. Thank you.